0: Hello everyone, welcome to Behind the Movement. I am Kyle Fincham and my guest today is Shai Faran. I have just a few announcements. Um, I'm teaching a whole bunch of Infinite Play starting this month and running all the way through August. Um, This month on May 14th and 15th, I will be in Santa Fe, New Mexico. The following weekend, the 21st and 22nd, I will be in Long Island, New York, and that's hosted by Locomotion New York. And then the weekend after that, I will be in Toronto, uh, Ontario, Canada, and that is hosted by The Spirit Loft. Um, And then after that, I'll be headed off to Europe, um, Salzburg, followed by Berlin, and then Paris and just onward after that. Um, it's important to note that there are some early bird pricing opportunities and the, the, the events in Berlin and in Paris, the early bird pricing ends on May 15th, so if you want to save a little bit and you plan on being there, you should uh, sign up uh, before then so that, you can, so that you can save. And I would love to see you there. Um, the full schedule for all those events uh, are on my website kylefincham.com and all the information for signing up is there as well if you just go to the Infinite Play page uh, you should be able to see all of it right there. I also published a blog last week called 100 Foot Waves Uh, it was inspired by the TV show the documentary series on HBO called The Hundred Foot Wave. It, maybe you've watched it, maybe not. I highly recommend it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, so much so that I wrote a blog inspired by it. Um, yeah, I uh, I think it's a nice piece. You can check that out also on my website. Uh, just go to the uh, writing page, and it should be at the very top. Those are my announcements. That's what I've got for you. Uh, as I said, my guest today is Shai Faran. I've had the opportunity of taking a number of classes uh, from her over the years um, in Thailand at Movement Camp. I think uh, she taught all four years that I went. So it was really a, a pleasure and an honor to get to, to speak to her in this context. If you're not familiar with Shai's work, let me give you a little bit of a background. Shai is a dancer, dance teacher, and choreographer, originally from Israel and based in Berlin. After studying dance and working as a dancer in Israel, she moved to Europe, where she expanded her knowledge and started to develop uh, her research, practice, and methods of teaching and creating. Upon moving to Europe, she participated in a one year postgraduate studies at SEED, Salzburg, where she met Martin Kilvadi, who became her close teacher and mentor for the following 10 years. While learning closely and collaborating frequently with Martin, she has also worked with different choreographers and performed around Europe. For six years, she's been a part of the Ido Portal team and taught at his events around the world. Working with Edo has opened a bridge for her to the movement world, which allowed her to share her knowledge and experience from the dance field with a wide range of movement practitioners. In the last few years, she's been teaching contemporary dance and improvisation in different frames of professional dancers, BA and MA education programs, in professional dance companies and in open workshops around the world while developing her own choreographic work and working as a freelance dancer and teacher. This was a really wonderful conversation. Uh, I feel like we could have kept going for quite a while. Um, so hopefully, uh, maybe sometime in the future, I'll have Shy back on for another conversation. Um, but yeah, I won't waste any more time. Here it is, this is my conversation with Shy Faran. Are you traveling a lot primarily for, for teaching or Uh, doing choreography or or kind of everything
1: yeah mostly for teaching at the moment Um, yeah like I'm I mean inside of Europe mostly but uh, but yeah mostly teaching like in different uh, you know um, like structures for education for high education in dance and um, yeah so and somehow I like, during COVID, I didn't travel as much, but still, I think, relatively a lot, like, relatively to other people, and, um, yeah, but it was also nice to be a bit more home. but uh, now it's starting again.
0: (laughs) Were you doing any, like, following, like, the the online path during COVID, like, doing any online work or anything? Uh, I I
1: have, I had already, like, a quite established online teaching uh, system you know so I have uh, I have online uh, students from before and uh, I stayed with them during that time and actually yeah like it I mean I had some new students joining during that time because I think it was convenient for many people to to do that but from my side like I didn't change anything you know I I yeah. And the teaching that I do, like, I never did this kind of um, live uh, classes, like on Zoom or something like this, you know, I just kept it uh, the same structure that I had before. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That's convenient. I feel like a lot of people were trying to reinvent the wheel, but you were already kind yeah. of established in a way that was working for you.
1: Yeah, exactly. And there was actually like one time that I was supposed to be in Copenhagen for some teaching and I couldn't travel. And so I I think I had like three sessions online like with the students there, but but that was it. Like I really, luckily I didn't have to do all the, like all the online teaching live, which I think is so clumsy and
0: yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and then everybody has to kind of, there's the thing that they teach or they present, but then they're also supposed to become some sort of like internet production expert. Yeah. Like microphones and everything
1: yeah exactly yeah yeah so So, quite lucky with
0: that so right now are you are you teaching mostly to like uh professional dancers or aspiring professional dancers is that kind of your primary audience at the moment
1: yeah at the moment i would say yes like most of my teaching is in Uh, universities and, um, yeah, like schools for for high education in dance, like people that are doing a degree, you know, like a BA or an MA degree Mm -hmm. in dance and in choreography. Um, I would say that's the kind of main um, audience, if we can call it like that. And Mm -hmm. then there are also some other things like... um, uh, you know, people that are also interested in dance, but not necessarily in becoming dancers. And um, yeah, and also some some open workshops like here and there for, you know, uh, like a general audience or just people that are interested in movement and uh, not specifically with like an artistic uh, point of view or something like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, something like
0: this. I got... Um... I know that you spent a lot of time with Martin Kilvati and I got to take one of his five-day workshops in Brussels last year.
1: Ah, nice.
0: Which was an amazing experience. And then it just reminded me a lot of getting to be in some of your classes. Yes. Um, and there's so much about like uh, like the discussions and, and the experience of like improvisation or whatever the term is, open form, free play, whatever, whatever the language is someone uses that, always just makes me think about like our, our potential for listening and I feel like when I thought back to your classes before I got on here, I was like, oh, was this, so many things are happening but there was also this like asking for a lot of listening and, and really kind of exploring that potential. And I I don't know, I think it's valuable in, in so many ways. And yeah, yeah I, I see that, you know, people who are drawn to dance, like it's not the only place but it's this place that has the potential to really foster that and it means something in the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I mean dance is such a <clears throat> wide thing, you know. It's it's I mean I feel nowadays it's it can somehow be almost anything <laughs> or like uh it's a very big umbrella and a lot of things can come under this umbrella. Um but I mean, it's funny because I was just thinking about, I was just talking about it today in class, how, you know, the, I think the sensation of dancing or the, the idea of dancing is so personal and it can mean so many different things for many people. But somehow there is this agreement that like when you, like when you are dancing, you know it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I mean, so even if it's very abstract and even if it's like, not so tangible sometimes. Um, There is something that when it's happening, you know that it's happening. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the times I think it's also about um, like a decision or making a decision that like, okay, now I'm dancing and it's like an extra layer. It's so I'm not just like doing the moves or like Mm -hmm. I'm not just um, performing a certain technique or a certain exercise, but there is like another layer to it that makes it
0: the dance,
1: you know? And this is a very, even though I've been doing this for so long, it's still a very mysterious layer. You mm-hmm. uh, cannot really put the finger and say like, okay, this this is what it means, you know, to to be dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, and and I'm really, I love it you know I think it's really exciting that Mm -hmm. uh, that it's so personal and at the same time there is some kind of a common I don't know if we can say agreement but some kind of understanding uh, of the personal experience
0: yeah yeah it's almost like this agreement to from that moment on like begin like a collaboration with the 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 space or the time or the people or or what's happening on a sensory level and everybody can be witnessing the same thing but like where their awareness is directed to kind of dictates how they dance or what they dance to or with yeah
1: yeah and i think for me it's a lot about awareness also like i I mean if i try to, to somehow frame or to say what is the experience of dancing for me I think it's connected to to awareness also yeah like to be aware of what is happening to make choices about what I'm doing and not in the sense that I always have to be in full control but you know you you can be out of control and still be aware of what is happening to you Mm -hmm. like you fall off off the roof and you're like in the fall, you don't control yourself anymore, but like you can be aware that this is happening. And uh, I think sometimes there is a confusion with like being aware and and being in control. And um, yeah, I think for me, there is something there in this feeling that like I'm fully aware of what is happening, I'm present, um, and I can make choices about it. And yeah, that is also, Somehow it's not only about the awareness and it's not only about the body, but it's some kind of a combination between the things or something. Mm-hmm.
0: Like that. Yeah, I like the idea of directing the awareness because that it's almost, it takes kind of the, it asks the thinking brain to quiet down a little bit mm. and, and let like a little bit more of like the automatic or intuitive brain mm. handle what's happening. And it's like the thinking brain is just being like, oh, look over there, look over here. Not do this or do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. There is some something else that is maybe like yeah, like you say, directing the attention. But I think that also there is this uh, some kind of a myth or like a romantic idea that like when you're dancing, you should not be thinking. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I feel like this myth should be somehow. <laughs> dissolving because I think it's great to be thinking also Mm -hmm. about what you are doing and when you're doing things and and I think you know like we're we're practicing and developing different skills or abilities and we need to think in order to do that and then yeah like I, I think it's um yeah that kind of fantasy or this this thing of like, oh, I just want to like not think about anything and just do whatever. Yes. Um, but then, yeah, but then like, what about all what you worked for that you need to think of, you know? And so, yeah, I think it's not really like, like, I'm not a- ever aiming for this thing of like not thinking at all. Yeah. But at the same time, it's also a different thinking. It's, it's, um, yeah, it's maybe more like this, uh, feeling of being present and being aware, but, but not necessarily like um, doing everything like from the thinking or from the analytical part of the brain, you know?
0: Yeah, I agree. I I feel like it's like, it's, it's more of like a posing of questions than answers. Like a lot of like the thinking Mm -hmm. to me is like, oh, like, what if, you know, what if I play this way? And then see the response you know
1: yeah yeah i think to get to the level that that we can like do great things without thinking at all like then everything has to be like super high level know that it becomes like a second nature like an instinct or something like this mm-hmm. um, and i don't think it has to be necessarily the aim um, mm-hmm. not just in dancing but i think in anything that we do you know like with movement or like, of course, when things are more intuitive or like they become more, you know, like a second nature, then they are more available. Um, but yeah, it doesn't mean that, that everything has to arrive to that place. I don't know if it's even possible that everything will arrive to that place.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's really this like, collaboration, right? Between like these different types of thinking. I was think I was thinking about this when I watched uh, HBO just put out this documentary on Tony Hawk you know him the skateboarder
1: no um, I don't know
0: he, he's like the the greatest skateboarder of all time and he's famous for doing a lot of different things but um, you watch him practice they film him practicing and he's in his 50s now and he's trying to do this really elaborate spin move like 900 you know a full however many rotations that is and you watch him go over and over and over and he's climbing up the ramp and going down doing it and falling and climbing up the ramp and going down doing it falling But what you're witnessing is this real beautiful relationship between like the romance and the precision of it right so it's like when he takes off down the ramp he's got to just kind of be romantic and just be like "I've, i've i'm placing my awareness and here we go and then you yeah. see him get furious and he marches up the stairs to go do it again. And you see him going through the precision of like the little mm. tinkering. And then it's like, and now I'm gonna do it again.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. But it's
0: not staying in this two same mindsets every time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think there is like sometimes when we get into the more, um, I don't know how to say, like kind of groove or, of things or like that something become a bit more like fun And then we, there is a tendency, I think, to drop a little bit the the technical details or like, I mean, I'm just thinking about it these days also because I experience in my teaching that some, that with the students sometimes, you know, we can work on something very specific, very technical. And then for example, there will be a song that they like and suddenly it would make the whole thing more fun for them but then all the technicality will kind of like drop down, and um, I was thinking about it today that like um, it's a bit funny to say, but but like you can be um, you can be technically having fun or like you know like you can still enjoy yourself or connect to the groove or 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 do something that has this like yeah this kind of more romantic. Um, side to it but it doesn't mean that you cannot think at the same time or that you cannot keep the details or that you cannot like use your technique because otherwise it's a bit pity I think that if we have to like choose between you know that if if it's like okay now I'm working very technical like so I'm completely disconnected from my sensation my emotions my experience of it and then like when I want to have fun or like you know this idea of like just dance or just enjoy myself then I forget about all the technical details that I've been practicing and I think not just to do but also to see I think it's very exciting when someone can connect these two things you know when someone can like enjoy themselves or perform something very impressive but at the same time also like Yeah, like have fun with it and be still connected to the experience of it and not just like the execution. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, Yeah.
0: You're describing this thing uh, that my, I had a theater teacher when I was in college who would often say, he would show up in the classroom and as he was taking off his shoes because he would dance barefoot, he would say, we're going to play with deadly seriousness. Hmm. Yeah, and, like, nice. and, th- and that was the thing. It's like we're gonna we're we're gonna play, yeah. and when we play, it means like we don't know what's gonna happen. We're gonna kind of walk into the world, the uncertain world, but yeah. we're gonna do it seriously in the sense that like we're gonna be fully committed when we go there. We're yeah. not there to let go. We're there to like search for the discoveries and the gold. Yeah. And yeah, uh, exactly. yeah the-
1: I think that's a really nice way to put it. And. Yeah, it doesn't have to kill the, you know, the, the fun or the excitement or whatever that, that can be in the room. But um, yeah, it's just, I don't know why it happens like, but I observe it quite a lot that, you know, once people they think they kind of get into something but they actually got out of something in order to get into something else. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it has to be either or. Yeah. Um,
0: how do, how, how do you kind of uh, navigate that? How do you like do you kind of move from like one place to another and keep trying to trying to bounce the ball until it gets a little bit closer to the middle?
1: Um, I don't know. I, I think actually for me, those two things are very connected. so I don't have I don't have any need to to separate them or like I, I mean somehow I feel more enjoyment and I feel more, Um, you know, connected to myself when I am actually using tools that I have, like the skills that I worked for. And and so like, I don't really have a kind of a a system or something to bring myself to use both because for me, they are very connected. Um, Like I, yeah, I enjoy a lot when, I feel also like the physical effort, or like the yeah, using using what I worked for. We can say like this, and I don't really have that thing of like oh, when I when I do things in that way, then it's less fun. And if I want to have fun, I should just like do whatever. Like I never had that thing, um, so I don't really know how to uh, how to explain it, but. Um, I, I wish that people can experience more that these things are not separated or they don't have to be separated. And actually you can experience a lot of joy uh, by using the things that you worked for, you know? Because otherwise it'd be like, why are we doing that? Like, why are we, you know, practicing anything or working hard or, or achieving any skills? If like in the moment, we just want to do like whatever and not use those things and we think that that would be more fun or something like this Mm -hmm. um i don't know if fun is the right word but i think you understand what i mean
0: yeah yeah it's 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 this kind of almost like yeah it's like a unique almost like privileged way we get to exist right where like we get to kind of choose spirit and technique and how we want to like navigate it Where like other times in history like they were so tightly intertwined, you know? Yeah. Like if we were gonna hunt, you had to have the techniques to hunt, but you also had all, had to have all those other unexplainable tools. And yeah. it was all, yeah, played with deadly seriousness
1: yeah, exactly. when you walked out into it. Yeah, and I think somehow in anything, like when, when anything gets to like high level, it's the mix of these things. Like, you know, it's the difference between like, doing the movements or like dancing or the difference between any physical practice like when you're not just busy with one thing or with the other but it's like it's a combination it's you know this kind of like body mind spirit uh, alignment like you are there with with everything and it cannot be just like one of the things I think for me like this is really something that connects me to the to the sensation of dancing for sure but also in any other thing that i would practice you know like and i think it's the same with with climbing or fighting or anything you know like that it's it's um, you're not just like doing the thing you're like not just doing the movements but you're actually climbing or you're actually fighting or you're actually swimming or you're actually running you know like you're not just like doing the motion Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think that's that's in anything on high levels, like that's what's happening somehow. And I think we we also, we can recognize it from outside. Um, and maybe that's what we read as like, you know, high quality performance or, um, yeah, or something that touches us like a deeper, um that it's not just the external um appearance but it's also not only the kind of individual internal experience but it's, it's the combination
0: yeah i think that's yeah it kind of comes back to what i said in the beginning is like the uh i don't know i i feel it when i the only thing i can articulate is like observing deep listening like full body listening like really that, that authentic interaction with, with all things in that moment yeah. and I thought about it a lot. I got to go see a Broadway show here in New York recently. I got to go see Hamilton, which is like a big famous show. And it was great. And the dancing was fun and, and cool. But it was like, I, I watched it and I felt like I was watching people who had done it five or 600 times, which was fine. But it was like, yeah. you could feel that. And then there was this moment where one of these characters came out on stage. I think it was the King of England and he comes walking out and he kind of bumps shoulders with one of the other actors. And I don't know if it was on accident or on purpose, but it was made to feel like it was not intentional. Uh And his kind of authentic reaction in that moment, like giving the guy this look like, what the hell's wrong with you? Um, Yeah. Was to me one of the best moments of the show because it was so like Mm -hmm. fully aware and in tune with like what was happening in that moment. Yeah, and that's like that—that that magic that, like, I feel like that a little bit close to like what you're kind of describing, at least the way that I I sense it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think this is like high level skill somehow, and uh, sometimes maybe we think that only when something gets to this level of like that you are able to do it on an automatic pilot, then it means that it's like in high level, mm-hmm. but but maybe not in. Everything you know, maybe some things you need to not be able to do it on automatic pilot in order for it to stay on a high level, because once it goes to automatic pilot, then maybe you don't really have to be present or to be like aware of it, you know it just goes mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I think it maybe it depends on the on the situation or like the skill or the context
0: yeah. Yeah. I, I, I read a book not too long ago where it talks about the idea of not being addicted to competence. Mm-hmm. And that's a little bit of that. It's like when we are, when we're addicted to the competence, we want to like play our game or just do our way or yeah. our style or something. And then yeah. it's that little bit of that automatic pilot thing where it's like, well, you yeah. just drop into your, your thing. And like, it looks to, the, maybe it looks to some people who don't know what they're looking at. Like, like you're going through that experience of falling, but you know, you're not falling.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think um, this thing of like, I can definitely say that I feel it on on myself. Like that sometimes there is this wish or this need to like to just do what I love to do, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and um, and at the same time, I know that that eventually and pretty soon, probably. I will get to like I will stop developing myself if I only do you know what what I feel that that is natural for me or that uh, that I'm naturally attracted to and I think we all have that and it's not bad also I think it's also good to do the things that you like and, and that you are that you feel attracted to and that you also feel good at
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but then it's also important sometimes to step out of that and. Um, and it doesn't always have to be like, you know, to step out of your field completely and do something with from a completely different field or like a completely different orientation. It can be even within your field, but just kind of like, yeah, stepping into unfamiliar um, areas. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I like and, that it can be so simple.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, I can say, especially like in, in my field, like in the dance field, there are so many fields within it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel I can find so much uh, uh, challenge and places for to, to develop like within that. Um, but sometimes I, I think it's, yeah, like I, I like also to pull myself a bit out of it, but I feel because it's such a big field, um, yeah, I, I even sometimes I don't have to step so far in order mm-hmm. to to still find like something that is really not my comfort zone, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. What's a, what's like a, maybe like a recent example of something that's looked like that or felt like that to you?
1: Well, I mean, I can say that, um, you know, I've been teaching a lot in the last uh, years and then at some point, like a couple of years ago, I started to feel again this um, this wish or this kind of um, um, excitement about like performing or being on stage, which is something I didn't do for for some years. You know, like I I was working as a as a performer before and as a dancer, and I was dancing for other people and in other people's choreographies. And then there was a moment that. I kind of lost interest in that. And I really took a very conscious, sharp turn into focusing on on teaching. And then, yeah, then suddenly I felt like this is starting to come up again. And um, I found my way again more into that realm of of dance, like, uh, you know, this thing of being on stage and and performing. And that was um, on one hand, very uncomfortable uh, because I had to find a new sense in it which I lost years ago or like that that you know it didn't make sense for me anymore some years ago and suddenly I felt okay I have I want to be there now but I need to find the sense in it again so on one hand it was very uncomfortable and on the other hand it was very Um, liberating also to come back to that place from a very different point of view now and with very different experiences and and with very different goals somehow. Um, So yeah I think that this like I somehow got very comfortable in the area of teaching like uh, you know I have a very clear way of doing it uh, there is something that I know that is working for me and I, I know that it's working with other people and so that became kind of something that I wouldn't say it's like an automatic pilot but it's something very clear you know mm-hmm. and yeah and then going back to this uh, to creating and performing and sharing things in that format uh, yeah it was a bit like a I had to kind of recalibrate myself and, and find myself there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When, when was that?
1: Um, so, I mean, I, uh, I created, a, a solo. It was, uh, last year. And, um, I mean, the whole process was quite long. It started, um, yeah, now it's almost two years ago. Mm. Um, so yeah, the, the creation process, which actually I didn't really plan, but somehow I felt like this solo wanted to be created through me, you know? Yeah. So um, so I would say already in that time of the, of the creation, it, it started like this um, shifting of mindset, you know, shifting of like how to think about, uh, about performance, how to think about um, sharing, or like um, giving something to other people uh, through that visual experience, or like, or maybe how to not make it only visual, but also like uh, more dimensional than this. Um, yeah, and then the whole process of also like really framing it, putting it on stage. Um, that was last summer, uh, the premiere of the solo. And uh, yeah, it was a really interesting process and very, uh, I I learned a lot from it and it left me with a very good taste to, you know, to continue that that research or like this uh, experimenting with how to take actually the, some of the experience that I have now from teaching or this kind of way of sharing things and to bring that depth into the frame or like the format of performing because I think before um, it used to feel very flat to me, performing Mm -hmm. it, to feel like it's such a, you know, like you work on something very long and then you have this very momentarily meeting with many people that you maybe don't know and you will never see again and you don't know what was the impact of your work on them Mm. and that felt very empty for me um, and because the teaching gives something so different you know like you meet the people you get to to especially because of the teaching that i do is so process oriented so i really get to see how it affects people over a long time and how it changes them and, and, and you know what they do with it. And I had to think like how to bring something of that into the format of performing. And uh, even though maybe I will not meet the people that are watching and, but that somehow it's not just about like me showing something and wanting you know people to see it, but it's more about me giving something or sharing something from my experience that can maybe benefit uh, the others, or can maybe, maybe better say, like resonate uh, something in them that can be relevant for them. Um, yeah, so it became more of a kind of a two directional thing rather than like a projection.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, that's beautiful
0: because it makes me think of uh, kind of redefining creative expression a little bit, right? Rather than it being very individual and very me, it's being like, oh, like, how does this art matter for us and we? Like, how can it be something that supports, binds, tells a story for all of us that's not just totally self-serving, yeah. like walk off the stage and like, now I get to go have a beer and celebrate myself.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think this is, this with art, it can be often a very big question, like, uh, you know, how not to make it about me, Mm -hmm. because I think there is a big potential for it to become about, you know, about my own experience, about my own opinions, about my own taste. And, And somehow it's like, I don't know, I feel it's not so relevant to just share, like my own opinion, my own, you know, uh, I mean, of course, everything will go through the filter that is me, because I'm the one making it or I'm the one performing it. But I think if the thought process or like the aim is somehow to include the observer and to have that in mind during the process of creation, then, um, yeah, I hope it can reach deeper. And but even when teaching, you know, sometimes and I have to say quite frequently, I have this feeling that I'm in the studio with people and I get very touched by looking at how people, you know, learn and develop and discover things about themselves. And often after I feel that I start to ask myself, what the fuck are we doing? Like there are such, big problems in the world, you know? And we are like here in the studio, like dancing around when when some people don't have like place to sleep and food to eat. And and then I get this feeling of like, oh, it's just like, it's just about us. and And then what comes after that is that I need to remind myself like, no, this thing has a place in the world because through that, We will learn about ourselves, we will become better people, and we can project that out into the world and hopefully make a difference with it, you know? And the dance is just the tool to do that. So it's not really about the dancing or about any other discipline, but it's more, you know, to develop as a person, to get to know yourself better, and hopefully to help to make a better world with this. But, um, but yeah, it's a loop that, that I experience uh, often because, yeah, because on one hand I can be extremely touched and, and I can get very emotional by you know, just watching people discovering themselves, <laughs> discovering things about themselves. And at the same time, like thinking about all the people that don't have that possibility because they are busy with much more basic things um yeah so it's a it's it's a strange kind of a loop and at the same time i think it's also important for for an artist to to have that in mind you know to to remember that it's not just about yourself but it's that through that you kind of understand better your role in society maybe or like or in the world and and through that Um, medium that you chose, you can hopefully do good things in the world. And um, yeah, I don't know, I I hope somehow it it has a place, I hope it can make a difference, you know, and not Mm -hmm. that it will make a difference that like I will make the best show when people will love it, but that it will make the difference that it will touch someone, and it will resonate in them and it will remind them something that they maybe forgot about themselves. And yeah, something like that.
0: Yeah, I think it's hard because I don't, I mean, I don't know what it's like in the places you've been or where you grew up or anything, but I know where where I'm at here in the US, I don't feel like people really talk about like values and what they really wanna see in the world. It's like, everybody's kind of caught up in like the gauntlet of trying to succeed you know, and succeed is subjective based on community and cultures and societies and countries. But like this version of succeeding, you know, Mm -hmm. is, is kind of like ultimately what I think what becomes the value to people. But it makes me think, you know, especially with artists, but all people, but really reflecting on like, oh, like, what do you want to see in the world? What what do you think would make the world a more inhabitable, uh, habitable place or What would support people the most or like what would feed culture um and asking those hard questions you know then i always think to myself that like the that helps you kind of formulate like what your message is like what you care about what you believe in and then the content is the easy part
1: exactly yeah exactly and the fact that it's the easy part is also doesn't mean that it's that it's not important it Mm -hmm. is also important but in a way it's also not you know and like but when you're when you're busy with the content then of course this is the important thing but at the same time you need to remember but it's not about that you know mm-hmm. that's the vehicle like that's the kind of tool to yeah to develop a, a bigger awareness or understanding or, or yeah it's it's a funny it, yeah it's a funny thing to to kind of on one hand when you're doing something, you know, when, when you are like bending that knee, then like this is the important thing, like what is happening there and how much can I bend it and 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 how do I stabilize myself on it and whatever. And at the same time to remember that, yeah, in the end I'm doing this in order for it to serve something bigger. Um, and not in a cliche kind of way, you know, but, but really somehow to remember that knee can be the most important thing but in the same time it's just not about that Mm -hmm. Um, and i think it also depends like where you are in your journey um that depends like how how you can look at it you know so and and i feel it when i when i teach people for you know long period of time or like people that come to do like a bachelor degree in dance and they have four years education. Of course, there are things that I will not speak about in their first year, um, but thankfully, because I can you know, follow them through the whole education, I can really find the moment where I think, okay, now it's kind of relevant to start to think about this and to look back and realize that everything we did until now was very important, but there is something more important. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um yeah so everything i think it depends on like it, it should come in a certain time and in a certain context and um yeah
0: yeah there's no like arriving right out of the gate with all the tools it's like you have to trip and stumble and fall and make this wrong decision and and tinker this way and learn that way
1: exactly and and i think in the end like each one has to find it for for themselves like at some point you know like you can be part of a, like some kind of a structure or or a, yeah or an education or a community or anything but in the end like you have to you have to experience it like like you have to understand it yourself mm-hmm. and uh, it's not enough to hear it or that somebody will tell it and you know like sometimes it can sound very inspiring for people and they're like yeah wow it's really something like big but yeah but the question is like do they really can they really conceptualize it integrate it uh, believe in it and Mm -hmm. and it's okay also if not uh, there will be the time for that you know
0: right i also feel like they can't even like embodying it also matters more than being able to like uh articulate it as well my friend told me uh he does something in like high level mathematics that i really don't understand And we were sitting at a table and I asked him to explain it. And he, in, in what felt like one breath, he spoke for like three minutes in this, like, you know, run on sentence about what he does. And I said, like, did you like memorize that? Is that like the the standard answer you give? And he said, no. And then he said, the only way I can describe what I just said is he referred to this interview that someone did with with Lil Wayne. And (laughs) they asked Lil Wayne, you know, like, you know, how do you remember all those songs? He's like, I don't remember them. They're just part of me.
1: Exactly. And yeah. it's
0: like what we're saying, where it's like, oh, it, knowing what you care about or knowing your value or whatever your values are, it doesn't really matter. It's like, it's more like, are they like, it's, is it in your skin?
1: Exactly. It's in the cells. Yeah. I think I have it sometimes like with dreams that I dream about something that I didn't realize that I know like you know the words of a song or something I mean okay that's also a bit different because it's probably like stored somewhere in my subconscious and it doesn't necessarily mean that I can pull it out whenever I want but like it gives me sometimes a bit this feeling of like oh it's really like it's part of me like it's part of my it's in my system Mm -hmm. Um, yeah and and I think with yeah with art or with dance like it can be it can be tricky to to really embody these things you know and to not just keep them as like beautiful ideas but to somehow really live it and and I also don't think that it's something that like once you conquer it like it's done you know it's you really have to kind of like live it every day and uh, yeah and put yourself in the situation that is like forcing is a bit hard word, but like, you know, that, that is encouraging you to to do that all the time, like to test it, to see if you're really um, standing behind those things. And and for me, I think that maybe that's also somehow one of the reasons that I really love teaching and that I'm doing it a lot because it forces me to, to make sure that I'm really doing those things that I... You know like a bit like this can you practice what you preach like it's a bit of a cliche but i feel that being in front of people and and kind of like um yeah like walking with them a bit through maybe even just a small part of their journey it makes me confront myself or like i have to look at myself in the mirror and ask myself, like, wait, am I am I really living like that? Like, am, am I still believing in that? Do I can am I still leading this from from the front, or like I I feel comfortable with people following me with what I'm saying, or you know, like. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe that's for me one of the ways to, yeah, to make sure that that I stand behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah periods also where it's more difficult you know and I feel like oh now I I actually I don't know if I am really doing it and you know maybe I have like a I don't know a hard period or like a period that I'm more busy with other things and and then I can develop some like doubts about myself and about like the like how, how genuine I am with, with these things. But I think that uh, it's, yeah, it's like, you know, the boat is shaking a little bit and then you have to kind of find it again. And mm-hmm. it's also good to, I think, to sometimes question it or like to face the moments where you feel like, oh, uh, I don't know if I'm really living that life that I project or that I, or like this image that I created of myself or something mm-hmm. like that
0: yeah yeah and it's like you don't know unless you're you're out there getting like being poked you have to like yeah you, that's how I kept imagining as you were talking about it. it's like you're out there and you have all these students and situations and like they're all just kind of poking you in the different parts to just see like oh did, is it still yeah. there is that what it is and it's like it's asking you to like you know kind of keep building up the skin for the thing that you believe and care about yeah and then every once in a while something pokes through and you're like oh I gotta get a Band-Aid. like. Wow. Yeah. How, how did it get through there what's going on there
1: yeah exactly and then, and i often encourage like the people around me and like the students to to really do that to me because i i think it's important you know like to yeah if somebody doesn't understand like why we are doing something or like why am i speaking about something uh, and like what is the point and where is this going then i encourage people to ask because I don't want to be in a place where I have no reason or like, I don't know exactly why, you know, yeah. and um, actually, what was very liberating in like, going back to choreography and to performance was that I was much more able to, um, like to enjoy this unknownness, you know, because when I when I teach, I feel I have to really stand behind what I'm doing and what I'm teaching and, and everything as to have a reason, because otherwise I'm wasting people's time. And it became a very clear um, filter that I got used to looking through. And there is something in the more like, uh, you know, artistic uh, creation that that really, that you can really let go of that. You don't have to explain it to anyone. You don't have to communicate it with words. It doesn't have to make sense always. Like it doesn't have the same logic. And that was a very liberating experience after so many years of like, always needing to know everything (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and everything is where it is and all that. Um, So, yeah for me it was suddenly like a very nice balance also to this kind of structured way of thinking and um yeah to have something that that can allow a lot more uh unknownness and um and like the you know that when when you can have ideas but you don't have to explain them and sometimes i even found myself that i wanted to write notes for myself and even the notes they narrowed down the the thoughts and i felt like no i don't want i don't want to even put it in words because somehow i i feel it and it's clear enough and and the words they really narrow down uh, so many things but um unfortunately and fortunately, like when we communicate with others, we have to use words and and, um, and that's what we have, but we need to also remember that it narrows down a lot of things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah, it's like, it's like this, it's, our, it's, it's a great piece of magic, but it's also limiting. Yeah. Like it can only it, get us so far.
1: Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's why also I feel for example, with the online teaching, that um, you know there is a lot of work that you can do online, and even like not in video, but just like with text and with emails, and uh, there is a lot that you can do, and there is also a lot that you cannot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think sometimes also people have this expectation of like oh, I can just like learn, you know, learn dance. Like online, and um, it's a bit funny, I think, <laughs> to mm-hmm. to like that because because that's exactly the format where maybe I can say like, yeah, you can you can learn a lot of the moves and you can learn a lot of ideas, but the dance itself, I don't know if I can teach it. Like, I don't even know if I can teach it when I meet you or when I touch you or when we're in the same space. You know, so um, so we also need to remember that like yeah it, it's a great it gives a lot of options, like there is a lot that, that you can do, and then also you need to remember that it's, it also has a limit, and there are things that will just not work in that format.
0: Yeah yeah, it's like um, basically think of a couple of things like one, if all the words could capture everything, the art just wouldn't exist. Like we need <clears throat> the art to like pick up where the words can't go. yeah. Um, And then with regard to like the online stuff is it has this potential to one of the limiting factors is that it it takes away kind of the relational nature of everything. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's kind of always in like a certain space in a certain time. Maybe it's always sanitized, but it's like, you know, everything that we're talking about is in relation to something else, like an environment or another person or groups of people or whatever. And like, all of that information comes by just being in those situations more. Yeah, like, you know, I do jujitsu, and there's no way you can learn jujitsu by just watching videos and doing it alone yeah. with a chair. Like you just need yeah. to go. You need to go be with people.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And and I think that's why like some of, like somehow my my teaching or some of my teaching, let's say like some of the layers of what I teach they can work very good online, because there is a very concrete, like um, it's very clear. Like I can look at the video that you send me and tell you like, well, you're not doing this. Or you are doing this. Or like, this is not how it should be. And this is how it should be. And it's like, I wouldn't say black and white, but it's very clear. Um, And but that's exactly also where it's limited, you know, because I think. I think we are just much more than that. And yeah, it's. I think it's a great platform or like great format to kind of establish a certain base, but um, it doesn't replace the face-to-face meeting. And it doesn't replace the idea of like sharing the same space and having like a fluent conversation and, uh, being able to respond and to be inspired by, you know, who is in the room with you and all that. Um, so I'm, I'm very thankful for this. I think it's it's a lot of, it offers a lot of things, but I'm also thankful for the realization that it cannot replace, you know, the, the human <laughs> meeting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know, I have the feeling that somehow many people realize that, uh, in the last two years when so many things started to happen online and you know like you have this feeling that you kind of replace life by like being in front of a computer but then pretty quickly you realize like no it doesn't really work the same and yeah also you know like dance performances or, or like performances in general like so many things started to happen uh, online and in the beginning I felt wow it's I mean it's great but then you just realize it's not even close to the experience of like being in the theater or yeah being in that space and, and really experiencing what is happening and you know, suddenly you're like in your living room and there is so much going on or like so many potential distractions and stuff like this. And yeah, it's just not the same. Yeah, yeah I think many levels.
0: Yeah, I was um, I was thinking about that even in this conversation, right? Like this is about as best as we can get in terms of like an online human interaction, but it's, it's, it's super limited. It would be so different if we were in person. You know, yeah. like our nervous systems aren't actually getting like the full, exactly. like the like full dialogue that they would normally have, mm. you know, posture and expressions and, you know, all of these things. And, you know, again, like there's no words to talk about exactly what that means and how that changes it, but it changes it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and I think it's really fascinating, these kind of things that we, we all know that it's different, but we cannot really say what is different. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like we know it will not be the same, but we cannot really say like what is it that will be different? And this is also something that I experience um, a lot in the in this context of of uh, performing or dancing that you know, there is like, I talk about it a lot in my classes also, and that's why I like to, to give to let people work like uh, in couples where one is watching and the other one is doing because we just know that it's if you're doing something and someone is watching you it's just not the same like if you would do it just for yourself and we cannot really say like what is different but we know that it's different Um, and it's different if one person is watching you or if 20 people or if 300 people and also there we cannot really say like what what is like what is it uh what makes it like that or you know like sometimes in rehearsals like you hear this thing of like now do it as if it's the performance but it's not and it will it will never feel like the performance unless it's the performance you know (laughs) so like the only place where you practice the performance it's in the performance you cannot really fake it and and in a class situation it's it's not the same but still like there is it gives something when someone is watching you and and i think it's a great tool because it's a little bit of this feeling you know when you have when you have a very clear idea or you think you have an idea in your head and then you you are trying to tell it to someone and you realize like that you have to be much clearer mm-hmm. and i think having someone watching you, um, it's a bit like that, you know, it's like you can somehow take advantage of the fact that someone is watching you, so it will help you to be more clear with what you want to do, or what you want to say, or how you want to move, and and what you want to communicate with your movement, um, yeah, and it, it all, it's it's all connected to this thing of like, that we just know that it changes something in the way that we do things, mm-hmm. but we cannot really say what. And I think also now with all the social media and all these things that that um, sharing, you know, sharing all the time, these like videos of 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 us doing things, and even that is already affecting the way we're doing things if we go if we're thinking like oh i will post this um and that's then it already affects the way that i'm doing things and this is where this is the point where i think it's it can go a bit uh, like not so positive direction <laughs> mm-hmm. um because i i was also just speaking about it today in class but i i think that you know video like with the online teaching also like filming myself in order to, to look at myself and learn from that. It's also limited, no, it's, it's very flat. Like, of course it doesn't really represent the reality but that's what we have so far, you know, I don't know. Maybe in the future we will have something else where I can like see myself all around or like, I don't know. Um, and I think that it can be a great tool to learn uh, to see things that I cannot see from inside, but if while I'm doing it, I'm already thinking, "Who else will watch this? And how that will look like? And you know, how many likes it will get? And how impressive that would be?" Then I kind of ruin the the point of of doing it. Right. Um, right. You might that's... stop. You
0: you might stop listening. Right. You might just be like, "I've got I've got to win." Like listening yeah. is number two to winning. Is number one, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And I think this is a bit the place where we're also performing has the potential to go there, you know. When it becomes about me showing off something, then it loses the point. And the point was to, you know, to give, to communicate something, to share something, to invite. Um, but if it becomes about like I want to show something, then yeah then it goes a bit the wrong way. And then instead of like taking advantage of the fact that people are watching or that, you know, if it's one person or or it doesn't matter how many, then instead of like taking it in a positive way and using it in a positive way, it becomes like, um, I don't know if to say like an obstacle, but but it just kind of takes a bad turn,
0: I feel. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like everything that is supposed to be, I don't know, some, some version of, you know, some subjective version of perfection. And it's not given that freedom to like kind of fall anymore. Mm. You know, when falling might be like what that real authentic thing is in that moment. Yeah. You know, it's like, you're not given that same permission and then it's yeah, I think that that's what's beautiful as well. Like being in that observer position, right? When you're in a room with somebody and you're being asked to observe, it's like, you're not just asking to like, uh, just look at this person. You're saying like, yeah. oh, like take a moment and see them, see them for their full two minutes or three minutes or whatever. And, and take all of that in like the, 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 the moments that you feel are totally amazing and the moments that you feel like they trip, slipped or fall, like, you know, it's, yeah. it's all part of the one piece, you know, and people yeah. miss that, and people miss that online.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure, and, and I think if you have the possibility to do that in person, um, like, even just with friends or people around, or, you know, to kind of ask, like, can you come and watch so that I can be better for you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I have sometimes this feeling that it's a bit like when you are, you know if you're making dinner just for yourself maybe you don't care so much you know like you can you come home you make something you eat it while watching something i don't know it's just it's like it's a practical thing but if you know you're going to make dinner for someone else then of course you care much more like you you actually want it to be good you you care how it looks like and you know that, that like you're the presence of someone else makes you be better you know and I think this is like yeah it can pull out some kind of generosity from us that can be very beautiful um and so that's why I feel like if if you have the the possibility with having people around to kind of invite into whatever you do it can be also like someone coming to see your your BJJ session, you know, and then just having someone to talk to about it after, and and to have that kind of, and especially, you know, if it's someone supportive, or it's like it's it's not uh, an intimidating presence, but it's mm-hmm. a supportive and and um, a presence that helps you to develop and to and to have an exchange. And I think it can be a really great thing to. Um, yeah, to have an external
0: eye, you know. Um, I think that I think that transcends like all these art forms as well. Just like the the tool to be seen, right? The willingness to be seen, right? Mm. Like maybe there's a lot of fear around being seen, so yeah. hide hide away from being seen. You know, it's it's a vulnerable place to go. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think yeah, the world could look a lot different if more people are willing to be seen and have the tools to to feel comfortable being seen
1: yeah and and i think often also the fear is being is is being seen by yourself you know like the self-judgment and the kind of self-criticism and i think that yeah like you need to or we need to somehow remember like what is the purpose also and because i feel that with filming uh filming myself or with my students I often use like filming in the class that they film each other and then they can watch it and learn from it and yeah there is often this thing of like oh but I don't I don't like to or like I don't like to watch it or I'm not used to it and and this kind of self-judgment when actually if you will remember what is the purpose then it's much easier to watch it and I like to use filming for for a few different reasons and I think if you kind of if you keep the clarity of like what is the reason we are doing this now Mm -hmm. then all this self-judgment is just not relevant because it's just not about that and I think also if you can have an external eye of someone else but at the same time be very clear with like what is this uh, about you know what do I need to get from that meeting Uh, then it can be very beneficial Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that in many artistic processes you you have that you know you have like an external eye and sometimes it can be someone that is uh, a part of the process but a bit from you know like a bit more distant and sometimes it can be someone completely from outside that comes to just give like a um, yeah to give an opinion or to share an experience or something like that um, but yeah, I think it's it's quite um, needed to have that because we can also get so stuck in in ourselves or like in in what we think that you know maybe you work on something for a long time and you have the feeling that like okay now it's it's really working and somebody comes from outside and like pff, I don't feel anything like it didn't come to you know <laughs> right so I think it's yeah it's a healthy reality check also sometimes to have this. Um, like another point of view another opinion
0: Uh, yeah it makes me think it makes me think i did um during like the the early days of the lockdown i started doing getting some online education from tom wexler Mm -hmm. and we were doing it was lots and lots of like just um improvisation prompts and things like that and Somewhere about partway through when he kind of sent me this like new structure he wanted me to play with, he said, oh, and for like this one, I don't want you to film anything until mm-hmm. the very, very end. Like don't run mm-hmm. the camera at all until the very, very end. And then only film that. And Maybe even said, and then just send back to me. Yeah. You know, so that you're not in there doing the thing you're talking about where you're kind of like, kind of brooding yeah. over yourself. Yeah. It's kind of just like, oh, get out of your own way for a number of weeks and then revisit that thing.
1: Yeah yeah that's great. I I have this also with some of like, my more advanced students that some of the tasks are very much about focusing on certain sensation or or something like this so you know sometimes um, they would still send me video just to kind of that I that I can see that they're doing it but most of the time in relation to that, my feedback will be like, well, I cannot really say much because it's about your sensations. So I trust you that you know what you should be busy with, but it's not something I can judge from outside. Um, Yeah, and it's also not like in, in that specific situation, it's also not so relevant for you to watch yourself from outside because it's more about your internal experience. Um yeah, so I think it's yeah, it's a good point also, like when is the right moment to to invite that and uh, from yourself or from someone else?
0: Yeah, the camera it's like it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a funny thing because we're almost all documentarians at this point, and we think we're supposed to kind of capture every piece of what's happening. But it makes me think about this photographer I met not too long ago, who asked to do some photos of me for this project that he was working on. And he showed up and he he's professional. He works for like National Geographic and gets big mm-hmm. contracts and stuff. And he opens up this giant sleeve of film. And he said, oh, I only shoot on film. And I said, are there many professional photographers who do that these days? And he said, no, I'm really one of the few. Yeah. And he tells me kind of how he's navigated that world. But he said, you know, I'm gonna mind this, but he said, this is my impression of people who shoot on digital cameras, and he just held up his hands like he was holding the camera, but then tilted his head down like he's looking at the screen.
1: Yeah. He said, "He said that's
0: my impression." Um, yeah. And he said, "I don't have that little screen, so I shoot, and then my camera goes down, and my eyes stay on what's happening right in front of me."
1: Yeah, beautiful. You know,
0: which I thought was oh, it was gorgeous. It was so just like because the moment did, someone shooting on a digital camera takes the photo, they're suddenly time traveling. They've they've stayed back in that moment, and everything else is happening and yeah. Not there.
1: Yeah, it's really true. I feel it's really changing also our, our sense of being present, you know? Like it's quite hard to be present when you are constantly busy with, yeah, What I mean, everything is so uh, easy to capture that you kind of have the feeling of like, oh, well, I can look at it later, you know? So I don't really look at it now. And then I kind of missed it because to look at it later is not really the same. <laughs>
0: yeah
1: yeah um, yeah and but but i think that yeah like i said some some of the positive things that can that can come with it is that like we can it's so available you know it's so available to to take a video of yourself to document to keep something to like i don't know this is also something that I've been doing it for some years with my students and you know in the beginning it was I was asking like okay so everybody has like a phone with a camera and you know some years ago it was still like not everybody had it but now it's like I mean of course it would be funny if somebody doesn't have it no Mm -hmm. and you can also really see like the generation by the way that they hold the phone and I think like. My generation is still like holding the phone like horizontal, you know, but like the younger generation, it's just vertical, like they, they are just used to, to seeing like all the stories or the reels or whatever.
0: Oh, really? And I didn't even, you're teaching me something right now. I had no idea.
1: Yeah, I really noticed in the last year <laughs> that people are only filming like vertical. And for me, it's like, hey, but, but then you cannot... You know, like I'm thinking like, but it will not fit to YouTube or, or whatever. But for them, it's like, yeah, but it will fit like for a story because that's how it is now. Um, yeah, and it's it's really funny, but you can, you really see it, how, they, how they're how they used to like a different way of, of thinking. And I had to mention it also um, now with my students that um, I think, yeah, like I said, if you are clear with why you are, filming yourself or like why you're documenting something then it's much easier than to deal with it and for me there is like three main reasons why I would do that and one is like for for studying purposes you know like I said that you I film myself I watch it I learn from it I try to use it to sort of minimize this gap between like how I thought it would look like and how it really looks like from the outside which is a gap that we always have to a certain extent and we are the only ones that can actually minimize it Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and then another reason would be for for really like for documentation you know so if I work on something for a certain amount of time and then I want to document like okay this is how it is now and maybe I document it again after a few months and I create this like archive that I can follow my progress in certain things and then the third reason would be to for sharing you know like if I want to share it with with someone I love or on social media or whatever. And, and then the focus is really different. Um, of course, sometimes they mix and sometimes I film something to document, but then I really like it and I feel like, oh, OK, I could, I could also share it. But I think that if the thought is always I'm going to share it and like how will it look on Instagram, then I completely miss the moment of, of the practice or like of what, am I, what I'm doing now, you know, because I'm already thinking about the outcome. And then for example, if I'm, if I'm in a situation where I should be filming myself for studying purposes, but my mind is already thinking like, how will this look uh, to other people? Then I really miss the point. And then it's like, yeah, I will, not stud- I will not learn from it and I will not be happy with like how it looks. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's kind of a lose-lose uh, situation. Right. it's like, it's
0: almost fair to assume that like Usain Bolt doesn't go out to practice sprinting as if he's in an, <laughs> you know, an arena about to set a record every time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, he has like yeah. different, I assume he has different ways of running when he practices yeah. and, and how he goes about it it's not every time he walks out with like the flag on his back and like you know doing the yeah. whole thing and like getting hyped up yeah it's like
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly because then you're yeah I just feel like you know we need to to use different mindsets for different situations and it just like once it starts to mix too much it can it can be very confusing and also just like not beneficial mm-hmm. and you know, then you end up like, I don't know, you filmed yourself to, to understand better a certain movement that you're doing and you end up judging your haircut or something that is completely irrelevant. Um, yeah, so I think for me it really helps when I remember what is this about? What, why am I doing this? Then it really sets up the filter that I'm then looking through at the video. And it helps me to deal with that and, and not to be in this like, oh, but I don't like how it looks like. Yeah, but it's not relevant how it looks like. It's more like, did I do it how I want, how I meant to? Like, is this technically correct or, you know, like these kind
0: of things. This is also the reason why I'm not a, a big fan of mirrors. Mm. I've talked about this before, but I just like, uh, I remember my, I, to, I think it might have been the same theater teacher was talking about how we should all cover up our mirrors at our houses. Um, but it's kind of the same idea, is it? Like it's a, like a, it can be a valuable little tool, like if it's used in the small doses. But it can be a really insidious, yeah. tool for kind of reinforcing who you think you are, or who you think you're supposed to be. Like I, I thought about it when you said, like you go at you go to look at the video to look at you know this move, and all of a sudden you're looking at like your hair, or your eyebrows, or something. <laughs> it's the same thing with mirrors, and I know like from dance schools, like being there and, and getting like the opportunity to present at some of them recently, like. I find myself being like, okay, everybody just grab something and cover these mirrors.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's also, you know, if if you know how to use it in a good way and in a way that serves you, it can be a great tool for, for certain things. Mm-hmm. But for sure, it doesn't represent like the reality or or like, you know, if you are actually looking in the mirror all the time that it means you're not doing all the rest. So yeah, I think, for some things like very rarely i use it when when i see for example that people have a very big gap between what they think they are doing and what they're actually doing when it's a very specific movement that that is you know for example like very frontal or something like this and then they can do it in front of the mirror and understand better but once it's something that is you know like more multidirectional or yeah, then I think the mirror is just not uh, not very useful for that, yeah. and it takes your attention somewhere else.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those things where I'm just like, whenever I see him, and I'm like, I don't know, get it, get it out of here, cover this thing. It's just, um, it, it, it's like we're trying to get out of our own way, and this is going to reinforce away.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't know why it's it used to be such a norm, you know, yeah. like to a mirror in the dance studio i think also for much more for ballet which is actually like very frontal and you know you you can get a lot of like feedback from it like you can feedback yourself in real time but i think for many other things it's just not working or like it's not useful Mm -hmm. and yeah and i think also just Sometimes you just don't want to see yourself like all the time. And um, yeah, in some fields they're anyway already like so judgmental or like there is so much focus about the appearance and stuff like this, or they used to be, then I think it can really take uh, attention to the wrong places.
0: Yeah. I know somebody too who pointed out to me that like at most other times in history, we would not see ourselves that much. It's kind of a more yeah. recent phenomenon, really, in terms of like the span of human yeah. existence. It's like, if you look down in like a puddle of water, you would see yourself, but other than that, yeah. like, I mean, it was just, it was, it was kind of a rare occurrence and it's not a good or bad thing. It's not saying we should step back to another way of living, but it's just being like, you know, like on an evolutionary level, like we still have the same, you know, nervous systems and we haven't evolved that much past that. So it's like, it has some sort of psychological yeah. effect.
1: Yeah, I mean sometimes I think about it that, you know, like the people that are close to me, they they maybe know my face better than than I know my face because they see it more, you know. Mm. Like, I mean, okay, for sure I look at the mirror sometimes, but mm. like I don't maybe I don't know all my facial expressions actually because I don't use them when I look at myself in the mirror. So sometimes I feel maybe other people know my my face better. And I definitely think that you that we can see in our Culture today that's like some people care way too much how they look you know Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean I think it's it's not a bad thing to care about how you look but but it's yeah it's the same it's like this thing of okay where is the focus like what does this serve you know Mm -hmm. something external or like yeah I don't know I think it's but i mean if you walk in the street today it's quite clear that it's a big focus no like it's it's a lot about the external appearance and we do many things that are very not like you know not practical not to say like not healthy or like not many things um just because we are so maybe addicted to that yeah to how things look like and I think for sure also in that sense like social media is definitely a part of that um yeah I don't has, know where this go.
0: <laughs> yeah and it, but it has this potential to kind of take us out of like the thing that we've been talking about really is like the present moment right so it's like yeah. when that's when that's kind of this lingering piece it's like you're always kind of time traveling right it's like if you have this yeah. constant like reinforcement like look at yourself you're like what did I do yesterday that made me look the way I do today? What do I need to do tomorrow so I don't look like I do today? Or so that I do look the way I do today. You know what I mean? It's like, it's never just being right now. And and I feel like that's kind of been our uh, call it. Maybe our theme for this chat is kind of this, like this this idea of the present moment, the listening, like the, you know, and it it, it might not serve that in all the best ways if it's being you, if it's, if it's a misused tool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and I think the, like, the body and being connected to the body is, uh, it's a great tool for that, like, it has a huge potential to bring us into the moment, you know, if we really connect to the body, to the sensations in the body, and and even if we are busy somehow with the future, or with the past, or, you know, like, sometimes maybe you, you know this feeling that, like, you are doing something but you're kind of doing it for something else so you don't really manage to be in the moment because you already think like what is it going to serve um and i think this can like of course it's good to have like a like i said earlier you know like to have a bigger purpose somehow so you're doing something but it's for actually for something bigger but in the moment you're doing it this is the thing like, this is what you're doing. Like I said, in, in the moment you're bending the knee, like that is actually the important thing. And yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's a very human thing, no, like this struggle to be in the moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, people have been busy with this since the age of time. Um, yeah,
0: different continents and different periods yeah. of time. It's always been written about and talked about.
1: Yeah. And probably will be forever. Mm-hmm. but I think we have such a great tool in our hands all the time and it's and it's the body um, and we can we can use it like we can use it as a reminder and yeah the body the the possibilities that the body gives us um, you know and even the even working more on the on the mind we do it. Th- through the body, you know, like we exist in the body. So I think, I mean, for now, in the form that we are in, like in the, for, the form that we can communicate, you know, we, we have this vehicle and it's uh, sometimes it can feel very limiting, but like with everything we spoke about, you know, like it's very limiting, but it also allows a lot of things. And one of the things that it allows, I think it's to really come back to it, like to come back to the moment, to come back to the sensations. Um, And I mean, I'm saying it now, not from a place of like that I conquered it, you know, like it's, I'm also, I'm a person that I, I really like planning. Like I like when things are clear in the future and I find myself a lot Busy with like when the future is not clear, I find it hard to be in the present. Um, so I'm not saying all these things from a place of like ah you know piece of cake. I think it's a it's a very hard work. But but uh, I'm very thankful to have the connection to my body as a tool. Uh, you know to to remind myself of the of the present and like. Yeah, as a, as a helping tool to kind of bring myself back to the now all the time.
0: I love that. Yeah. Mm. If, um, if people want to connect with you, what's the, what's the best way to do it?
1: Um, well, they can find my um, contact information on my website. So my website is uh, shaifaran.com uh also on on social media of course um yeah there is my contact everywhere um there is some information about uh, my teaching about my work about my performing dates and so on um yeah people often ask me about like open workshops and stuff like this i have to say i'm not doing that so much these days um because i kind of got a little bit tired from the very short meetings um, with people so most of my teaching these days is like either in like i said in universities or structures where i can follow people for a long period of time or with like you know students that are following me for for a long time and i have a a group of like more regular students um, Here and there, I also have open workshops. And then, of course, people are invited to join. But I would say it's not the main part of of my work at the moment.
0: I understand that. Yeah, I think it's like um, people always want things kind of like in bite size. But it's like, I don't know, to cook a real meal, it takes time.
1: It takes time. And and sometimes people can get disappointed. yeah I just feel actually with the years like more and more I feel my work is is more process oriented and actually if I meet for a short time I feel it doesn't really allow anyone to experience the potential of this work because this work needs time Mm -hmm. um and somehow there is always the feeling that it's never enough time but um but yeah, I think that, um, like very, very short meetings, they, they can be nice for certain things, but to really get a taste of, of the, of my practice or my work or what I think I have to offer, I think it's needed a bit, uh, a bit longer time.
0: Yeah. It's, this is not exactly the same, but it makes me think like a little bit about some of the choices that I've made recently. I've, um. Like some people I'm back in New York and I haven't been in New York for a while. And some people have been like, Oh, are you going to do any sort of private teaching or anything like that? And I just decided that I don't think it's like the best Mm -hmm. way to kind of communicate an understanding of like what I'm doing or what I think is interesting or what I think is valuable. So it's been more like, no, like you can come and practice with me and be with me and, and spend time with me. And for me and like what I'm, sharing i think that that's 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 the way it's not knowledge that i can just sit there and watch you do it's just like
1: it's yeah. more about
0: kind of embodying it through the experience i think of it more like that kind of almost like uh you know the way someone might apprentice a uh a, a chef or something it's like you just have to go there and like cook with them
1: yeah
0: you know and and that takes time
1: yeah yeah exactly and i think there is maybe like kind of a you know a common uh structure or this kind of established idea of like, yeah, this concept of like workshops and stuff like this is it's very common, like, you know, there are a lot of things happening around and uh, but I think it's just not every teaching can fit the same structure, you know, like, n- not every material or like every content that that people have has to offer can fit into that kind of format. Um, so I think it's also good to understand like what is the right format for this information or for this material. And yeah, and I think that for like I said, for what I have to offer or what I think I have to offer, I think that like a very short, brief meeting can for sure give a nice experience, you know and 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 also some tools and and maybe some inspiration, but, I think for the to get really the depth of it, like it takes longer time yeah. to establish kind of a common language.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, on your on your website though, you have like all the info for all the opportunities and things that are happening.
1: Yes, yeah, for for things that are happening, also some information about like online teaching. Um, yeah, and if there is more information needed, then people can always write me, and I'm happy to answer.
0: Amazing. I am so happy that we got to do this.
1: Yeah, me too. Thank this you. This is so.
0: Inv- oh, thank you for accepting the invitation.
1: <laughs> of course.